broken window garden. Broken window garden. Live improvised. Live improvised. Sound good love. <laughs> good evening. It's Wednesday, October 16th, 2019. 10.32 p.m. You're listening to The Broken Window Garden. Let's get started. What happened was arbitrary. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything to deserve this. So no, Nora, I don't want to kill myself. I want to take some fucking control. Life is glorious, but life is also wretched. It is both. Appreciating the gloriousness inspires us, encourages us, cheers us up, gives us a bigger perspective, energizes us. We feel connected, but if that's all happening, we get arrogant and start to look down on others, and there is a sense of making ourselves a big deal and being really serious about it, wanting it to be like that forever. The gloriousness becomes tinged by craving and addiction. On the other hand, wretchedness, life's painful aspect, softens us up considerably. Knowing pain is a very important ingredient of being there for another person. When you are feeling a lot of grief, you can look right into someone's eyes because you haven't anything to lose. You're just there. The wretchedness humbles us and softens us. If we were only wretched, we would all just go down the tubes. We'd be so depressed, discouraged, and hopeless that we wouldn't have enough energy to eat an apple. Gloriousness and wretchedness meet each other. One inspires us, the other softens us. They go together. Labyrinths together. So then I searched for labyrinths in the city. 
That's a scoop. Snuggled under five-star sheets, rain squalls, harvest celebrations, eating moon cake, my heart cliff beats. You teeter a kiss, then dispel the tension, diving into jellyfish. Cloudy caterpillar loves ladybug. Future swimming circles blow your soft, face-draped hair like ribbed fountain reflections. Charred earth fissures burn, searing streams of light from which lion and fox entwine, tail wrapped around tail. A yin-yang nova sun over Tokyo skyline. Pouring over trees and bright beams through windows. Punctuate and evaporate bedroom corner darkness. Twisting and strange iridescent neon calligraphy. Kissing you. Eating you. Supporting you. Calling home across the silent ocean. Train hopping. Sleeping beneath sweet dreams. Building bridges. Snuggled under five-star sheets. Summer rain squalls. Harvesting new celebrations. Eating mooncake, my heart flippies, you tease, teeter a touch, a kiss, whisper our names, then dispel the tension, dive in the jellyfish Cloudy thunderheads disperse above the caterpillar, who loves his ladybug from the future, swimming in the circles below your soft lips, face-draped hair, laughing like soft ripples sort of mountain reflections. Space stones, charred without orbit, silent earth, Sealed fissures, the frigid burn of that time. Traces of stars, two searing streams of light, the remnants of which line and fox entwined in future twilight. 
imploded within desire's deep gravity, dense incandescent, tail wrapped around tail, hand-holding, a yin-yang nova sung over Tokyo's skyline, pouring over trees and bright beams through windows, punctuating an evaporate bedroom corner darkness, twisting in strange iridescent neon calligraphy, kissing you, needing you, supporting you, calling home across the silent ocean, train hopping, sleeping beneath sweet dreams, building burned bridges, snuggled under five-star sheets, summer rain squalls, harvesting hilarious new celebrations, eating moon cake. My night heart folds into your sunflower. You own set free, wavered fees, shattering the billions of shells, fingertips green fire where time opened, climbing cliff beats, you tease, you joker, you wild cackler, teeter a touch to me, a kiss another, dawn whispers, our names on coffee cups, swing the hammer them to spell attention, high diving into an eerie memory, bread laced with jelly, fish kisses a thousand, secrets spoken delicately inside you, cloudy skyline street skipping, far out thunderheads dispersed above the horizon, look at the caterpillars, said the boy who loves his bugs, trace my tattoo, said the girl who loves his ladybug touch, I'm from the future, don't forget that when swimming endlessly in circles conceals your life's labyrinth. Below your soft lips I belong, within your face-draped hair I am home, my blood lapping along my shores, like soft rippled soda fountain reflections.
power as being an evil thing or a bad thing to have. But, he, uh, but for him, he wanted to uh, bring love and power together. And, um, you know, he, he didn't think that love was something for the weak, but really for the strong. And uh, he said about this, he said, um, what is needed is a realization that power without love is reckless and abusive, and that love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best, power, power at its best is love. Implementing the demands of justice, and justice at its be best is love, correcting everything that stands against love. And this is what we must see as we move on. A, uh, I find, you know, that uh, his authority to speak about these things are kind of astounding, you know, given what he was about. Far from being the pious injunct injunction of a utopian dreamer, this command is an absolute necessity for the survival of our civilization. Yes, it is love that will save our world and our civilization. Love even for enemies. He gave a very famous speech called Loving Our Enemies in 1957 at his church in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, then he goes through various points about how to love your, even your enemies. And the Buddha talked about this also, that uh, love, uh, for the Buddhist language, is loving-kindness, metta. That this is something that we don't just do for the people close to us and our friends and family, but it's something that we do for um, uh, everyone we encounter. But still you have to start by thinking where people that's are coming order. from. And you have to, to start by thinking what, what, what sense of the injury the they have. To Lots of people have a tremendous sense of injury and that is motivating. So he goes through uh, this famous speech, he goes through a number of different points about this. And the first one is, how do you go about loving your enemies? And the first thing he says um, is, uh, you know, remember the, the mindfulness movement hadn't come to the West yet, really, in 1957. If it had, he would have maybe he used slightly different language. But he said, um, in order to love your enemies, you must begin by analyzing yourself. So that's pretty good. I think maybe, maybe nowadays you say, be, be mindful of yourself. But analyzing is more probing. It's really kind of, mindfulness sometimes is a little bit too plain, or too kind of just, just being aware with what is, without really probing deeper and really getting to the bottom of what's going on for us. So maybe analyzing self. The first thing he says, if you want to really love your enemy, is to understand yourself really well. And, uh, and then uh, he talks about that for a while, but then what's great about Martin Luther King, he, can, uh, he swung so easily between talking about the individual and talking about our society. Because that was the two for him were integrated together, they weren't separate things. And so he talked about analyzing oneself, and then he talked about us doing it as a nation, as people. And he says this way to the Americans.
And that's it for tonight.